We all belong outside. We're drawn to nature. Whether it's the recorded sounds of the ocean we doze off to, or the succulents that adorn our homes, nature makes all of our lives, well, better. Despite all this, we often go about our busy lives removed from it. But the outdoors is closer than we realize. With all trails, you can discover trails nearby and explore confidently. With offline maps and on-trail navigation, download the free app today and make the most of your summer with all trails. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Uh, this week was a little crazy with the bye week and then the short week and then traveling. Uh, so I am actually recording this on my drive from the Raleigh-Durham Airport to Greenville here on game day uh, just to give some updates uh, from the bye week coming into tonight's game. Um, I thought uh, offense coordinator Casey Woods made an interesting uh, point about the bye week. Yes, it is five games into a 12-game regular season, but you add in fall camp and the couple weeks between fall camp and the start of the season and it's been a while and it's probably about time that they needed the break it's not really a full buy in the sense that it wasn't a full two-week situation with the Thursday night game Um, but I think that's okay certainly we saw last year the bye week disappeared uh, because of the change in schedule of the UCF game because of the hurricane that hit Florida and that Orlando area. Um, so this is still more than they got a year ago. Um, and interesting, you know, they kind of worked on themselves a little bit, gave some time off, and then got right into uh, their normal game prep they were just able to do that, set the week differently because of the bye week and not having to do, not having a game on Saturday, you know, allowed them to really kind of start that game prep uh, and really treat Saturday, uh, Sunday, and Monday kind of like Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of a normal game week, uh, which I think is nice uh, for them to be able to do that and kind of then shift their focus to this ECU game. Um, You know, coming off the Charlotte game, which was a weird game, uh, offense didn't have a ton of snaps. Uh, Part of that was because, you know, the second uh, drive for them was a short drive following the botch snapped on the punt attempt. Then you also have the one-play 95-yard drive on the Jalen Knighton run. Um, So the passing numbers, again, don't look great. Another point brought up by Coach Woods is if you don't have that Keyshawn Smith touchdown called back for an eligible receiver downfield, um, you know, it is a 200-yard passing game. It's another passing touchdown. It's another touchdown on the board, and some of those numbers aren't as maybe skewed or seen as a negative, kind of like they were uh, as it stood. 
um, overall a good win, um, you know, and was something I didn't think about really until after the fact. And, you know, my game prediction was them winning by more than what they won by. But it was also kind of crazy that the spread was 22 points when Charlotte went to Maryland and Florida and lost by fewer than 22 points in those games. Uh, so I think that shows what the Charlotte defense can look like. Not a great offense. Not great that SMU gave up those long seven, you know, double digit play, 70 plus yard touchdown drives in the second half. At the same time, when you're in that situation, when you are up by that much, if you're going to give up two touchdowns, you force them to take up 13 minutes. I mean, that's almost half of the second half, uh, and that's not sustainable for a comeback attempt. You know, obviously, uh, Coach Simon certainly talked about not wanting to give up those kind of rushing yards, not wanting those drives to continue uh, with those third and fourth down conversions they were able to get. But, uh, you know, my point is, at the end of the day, you make them earn it, you make them take that much time off the clock, um, you know, it's not going to result in a comeback because they aren't hitting big plays, they aren't scoring quickly. Um, and then, obviously, SMU gets a late fourth down conversion of their own to R.J. Maryland to put that game away. Uh Obviously, it was good to see Jalen Knighton have a breakaway play. Obviously, it was good to see the defense get another turnover finally. Um, and hopefully those are things that carry over into this final stretch uh, as they get into the meat of conference play after having an opener and then the bye week. Um, and this week is such an interesting game. You've got East Carolina that has not had a good start to the season. Obviously, they played Michigan uh, to open. That's not going to favor anybody's record or statistics. A couple tough other G5 games with App State and Marshall that were losses. Uh, Their loss to Rice was kind of just an ugly football game. Um... I'm not sure Rice is as good as what some of their early season stuff had showed. Um, they didn't look like a good football team that day, and they still beat ECU. Um, East Carolina is a different team at home. I know some SMU fans are tired of hearing about it, uh, but they are known to have a uh, quality home field advantage, uh, really good fan involvement. Interesting to hear from Stephen of Hoist the Colors, the 24-7 site for East Carolina. Talk about Thursday night being interesting because you might not get the fans that travel in from other parts of North Carolina, you know, that make the trip from Raleigh or other things because it's a Thursday night game, but that the student section should be there in full force. Um, for this one, it's their blackout. Uh, they've got some honestly really good looking all black uniforms and black helmets that they will be going with. Um, and I think you do have to throw the record out the door for a game like this. Um, you know, that was asked of Coach Lashley if there's any 
something that they have to do as a team to not think about it. Um, his response was that, you know, they didn't, certainly didn't talk about ECU's record at all. Uh, they just put on the film and kind of showed what this team can be capable of doing if you're not playing at a very high level. Uh, he also brought up that 2000 game um, where SMU went in. I don't think they were ranked, but had a really good record that year. Uh, it was a Shane Bichelle quarterback team. Um, East Carolina was maybe two and six at the time. Uh, and East Carolina led 45-7 at halftime uh, and rolled to that win. Um, so it's certainly not something well and coach Lashley also said that this team has not done anything to warrant overlooking people and saying we can just show up and win uh, that they're not at that point yet that they have to go into every game uh, with the mindset that they have to play their best football in order to win the game uh, I will talk a little bit more about the matchup. Let's take a quick break. Again, this is the Pony Stampede Podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. And welcome back to the Pony Stampede podcast. We are in a Thursday night game day in North Carolina. I am coming to you from the road between Raleigh, Durham Airport, and Greenville. Uh, it's about a little less than a two-hour drive total. Um, and talking about a big matchup uh, for the Mustangs. You know, this was a game coming into the season that I think you said if there are any roadblocks to an undefeated conference season, East Carolina could be one of them. Um, I'm not sure they're as good as maybe was thought they could be coming into the season. Obviously, you know, they graduated finally a quarterback that had been around for a while in Holt Nailers had a lot of success, was a big-time playmaker for them. Uh, but they also lost a 1,000-yard rusher and two 1,000-yard receivers. Now part of their success was because of the quarterback. The run game was able to have success because the passing game was good. And when you have a high-level veteran experienced quarterback, uh, you're going to get things like multiple 1,000-yard uh, receivers. 
you know, uh, they've got a couple quarterbacks that they've used. Uh, Garcia started the first two games of the season. Uh, Flynn has started the last three. Neither of them have particularly good numbers. Uh, Garcia is a little bit of the Preston Stone mold, is a very high-rated uh, recruit for them. I don't think number one, but maybe number two or three all-time. Sat behind Ehlers. Uh, I believe started one game last year when he was hurt. Again, a lot like Preston Stone. Uh, but has just really struggled early in the season. Again, one of those starts is against Michigan. Uh, SMU played up there a few years ago. So obviously, they're the number two team in the country. They're uh, a favorite to end Georgia's uh, back-to-back streak and quest for a three-peat. Um, so, you know, you can kind of throw that one away, but also didn't have much success in their week two game. Um, Flynn hasn't had a ton of success either. I would expect uh, both of them have played in all five games, so I would expect to see both of them at some point. Uh, Coach Simons talked about uh, it being different than Charlotte when Charlotte was you knew Charlotte was going to use two quarterbacks. They were two quarterbacks with very different styles. You had a very dangerous dual threat, could run the ball, wanted to force him to throw, uh, and then a guy who was more of a true pocket passer. Um, this you have to think about the two different quarterbacks, but they still run the same offense uh, through those two quarterbacks. Uh, that's been a struggle. Uh, their run game hasn't been what they would like it to be. Uh, they are kind of a run-first style of team that got changed a little bit when they had a quarterback like uh, Ehlers to really kind of drive things through the passing game, but that's what they want to be. That hasn't really gotten going, um, and the pass game just hasn't been there offensively. I think this is a chance for the SMU defense to take that next step uh, as a unit. I think there are going to be turnover opportunities. I think there are going to be a lot of opportunities uh, for some three and outs, for uh, some field position game, uh, for a lot of things for this defense to look good. Um, but they've got to play up to that level. Uh, they have to work on some third and fourth down uh, defense that has been a bit of an issue this season. They have to always be working on their tackling as you know, some of those uh, bad habits and, and bad uh, form and everything has kind of snuck back in at time to time uh, during this season. Overall, it's been a lot better. Uh, than it was last year, but it can still uh, kind of go to that next level. Uh, will be really interesting to see what this defensive line can do against a somewhat an inexperienced ECU offensive line, uh, kind of hopefully push it around a little bit, uh, kind of have their way and, and kind of push the pocket around, uh, break the pocket down, and eliminate some running lanes. Uh, offensively, I think this is the week for the offense to take a next step. ECU has a really good defense. Uh, that's one thing, even though they're struggling, their defense has been strong. They have a bunch of takeaways. Um, they get into the backfield, and it's a lot of different guys that do it. Um, but 
with the bye week, I think you sit down and you try and figure out what Preston is comfortable doing, what he's been good at doing, and get him doing those things. Part of that, I think, is you've got to uh, make the wide receiver rotation smaller. I think um, as good as some depth and some versatility and guys being fresh and staying healthy and all of that stuff is, I really think you've got to figure out who your top guys are and get them uh, in a really good rhythm with Preston. I think, I mean, Rashi is obviously a uh, insanely talented guy, but he was a receiver that whenever SMU needed anything last season, whatever it was, you could call on Rashi to do it. No receiver has stepped up to do that. I think there was hope that it was going to be Jordan Curley. Um, haven't really seen enough from him outside of the Prairie View A&M game to really show that to me. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about them wanting to see uh, Jordan Hudson have a better grasp of the playbook, um, but he's a guy that can be in that Rasheed mold of just ask him to do something and get the ball to him and let him do it. Uh, whether they spent the bye week with him getting the full playbook down, with him getting a handful of plays down that you know when he's in the game, that's what you can run. Um, he's just too talented of a receiver to not have in there more often and to not ask more of uh, because he can be that difference-making kind of guy. I'd like to see Keyshawn Smith... Uh, get some more reps out there. Uh, it seems like whenever he's gotten an opportunity and has gotten the ball in his hands, uh, he has made a play with it. Um, you know, his <coughs> excuse me, his touchdown earlier this season and then, you know, the lineman downfield had absolutely nothing to do with the play he made on the touchdown against Charlotte where uh, perfect, uh, perfect back shoulder pass made his... De- uh, got past his defender, made another defender miss on his way into the end zone. That was really kind of what we saw in fall camp of this offense. Um, you know, Preston kind of stuck his foot in the ground, threw a great back shoulder pass, and then a really talented receiver made the catch, made a couple moves, and got a big play out of it. I think uh, you've got to figure out the guys that can do that. Um, we haven't seen a ton of Moochie Dixon. Um, he's a guy who it seemed in fall camp was always making plays. Uh, and I would like for to see him get that chance in a game situation. Um, so if you've got to maybe shorten it um, and just say to the guys who have been getting some equal reps who might not, hey, sorry, we've got to see if these guys, uh, if this makes a difference, um, if it doesn't, we'll put you back in and rotate somebody else out. But um, I really think the biggest thing with this passing game is you've got to get Preston call plays that Preston can run and Preston is comfortable with and with routes that he feels like he can get the ball to. And then you've got to get receivers that he feels comfortable with that are in a rhythm Um you know, I mean, Preston said all the right things. It doesn't matter who's out there. All of them are good. I believe that. But I do think that you do find a level of chemistry 
with guys that you work more and more with and it's doing a disservice to the offense and to Preston to not give him an opportunity to find that rhythm and find those guys that he can get in a rhythm with. Um, because I think that's when you might see this offense and especially this pass game really take off if there are three or four guys that he just is able to get in a rhythm with who are and then who are also able to get in a rhythm on the field uh, making regular plays. It's great to have eight guys catch a pass in a game, but I think in order to see some real things come out of the pass game, guys have to catch more than three balls a game. And when your leading receivers are only getting three or four receptions a game, that's just not going to happen. Um, I'd like to see R.J. Maryland get back involved in the pass game more. Uh, I feel like he had a nice start, uh, and then whether it's uh, him or whether it's the play calling, uh, that has kind of dropped off a little bit. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see. This might be the first game all season that all three of the top running backs in Kamar Wheaton, LJ Johnson, and Jalen Knighton are all available. Um, obviously, Kamar was suspended week one. He did not play week two. So that was just Jalen and LJ. Then you had Jalen and uh, Velton who were suspended for week three. And then that was when LJ got hurt. So that was pretty much all Kamar with a little bit of uh, Tyler Levine. Then last week, you still both... Last week against Charlotte and the TCU game, uh, LJ was out um, against TCU. It was really Kamar getting most of the carries. Uh, and then uh, this last week, you have uh, Kamar get hurt pregame uh, before Charlotte. So it's really uh, just Jalen with a little bit of Velton Gardner and Tyler Levine in there. Will be interesting to see if finally all three running backs are available, how uh, the carries are distributed, how they use those three, with then also likely getting Tyler involved in some way, shape, or form with it. Um, I think you have seen better things from the run game. Uh, I think really with the exception, though, of the Knighton 95-yard run, those explosive plays still aren't there yet. Um, and that might be something that comes from all three being available. We'll just have to wait and see. Would be nice to see them run the ball well. Would be nice to see the pass game find its rhythm. Would be nice to see the defense kind of dominate a game. A bunch of sacks, maybe a turnover. Um, you know, just keeping ECU out of the end zone. You know, I don't know. I think SMU has to start this game well. I think the worst thing you can do in a road game in general, but especially a road game uh, that's kind of known for being a tough place to play, is let the home team, especially an underdog home team, gain early momentum uh, and really get the fan base and crowd involved uh, early. I think you'd like to see another situation like the Charlotte game uh, take the first drive, score a touchdown, 
get a stop, score a touchdown, uh, and kind of before you know it, it's a two-score game, kind of keep it at a two-score game uh, from there on out and kind of take the wind out of their sails. Sorry for the pirate pun there uh, early um, on and just not let them ever really feel like they're in a game. Because, again, I think especially a team that has been struggling, that has not been winning football games, um, giving them hope uh, can sometimes be the most dangerous thing you can do. So take away some of that hope early. Um, get some turnovers. Get some three and outs. Uh, offense, put points on the board. Keep drives going. Uh, finish drives in the end zone instead of settling for field goals. Uh, you know, this is the first part of an interesting stretch as you go tonight in East Carolina, next Friday at Temple, and then home for homecoming uh, next Saturday uh, back in Dallas. It's just this only one Saturday game in the calendar month of October. It's a weird stretch, but it's a stretch that I think um, SMU can have a ton of success in and can take that into November uh, and that final stretch of the season uh, and hopefully December with a conference championship game appearance. Um, Again, kickoff tonight is 6.30 p.m. Central Time from Greenville, North Carolina. The 1-4, 0-1 in conference Pirates host the 3-2, 1-0 in conference SMU Mustangs. Um, have a couple good things on the website for you. Uh, have a nice behind enemy lines that gets some insight into ECU. Obviously have the game breakdown, series history and all of that for you. Uh, have some thoughts on finishing uh, going into this one. And hopefully uh, I have some time to talk Uh, to write a little bit about this offense getting going uh, with our conversation with Preston uh, from earlier this week. Um, Again, I'll be there. I will have your information uh, from the stadium in Greenville starting pregame with the live chat all the way through. Uh, So make sure to join us as we talk about the game as it happens. Um, And then we'll talk a little bit about the result afterwards as well. Um, Keep on subscribing to PonyStampede.com. Keep on subscribing and get your notifications and automatic downloads for the Pony Stampede podcast, and we will keep you up to date with all things SMU Mustangs during this football season. Basketball season is around the corner. Recruiting never stops. The move to the ACC it gets closer and closer. A lot of things going on, a lot of excitement around the hilltop, and Pony Stampede is with you every step of the way. Until next time, Pony Up. Hey everybody, John Stewart here. I am here to tell you about my new podcast, The Weekly Show, coming out every Thursday. We're going to be talking about the uh, election, earnings calls, 
what are they talking about on these earnings calls? We're going to be talking about ingredient to bread ratio on sandwiches. I know you have a lot of options as far as podcasts go, but how many of them come out on Thursday? Listen to the weekly show with John Stewart on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.